Welcome to the Developer Podcast with your host and fellow developer, John Paul Hayes. Welcome to episode three of the Developer Podcast. Today I have Josh Highland on. Josh is an entrepreneur, app developer, and author from Redlands, California. He's also the CEO and founder of Ventoff.com. Welcome, Josh. Uh, thanks for having me on your uh, podcast. So, uh, yeah, I'm Josh Highland. I'm the CEO and founder of Vintov. We're a Shopify app company. Uh, we started off originally doing iPhone apps and just web applications right when uh, the iPhone uh, SDK first opened up. We were doing that and we went through a lot of different iterations of things and uh, eventually realized that uh, instead of focusing on a B2C type model, B2B was a better choice for us. So over the years, we've switched over to being specifically Shopify app-based. That's the only thing that we do now. Okay. Um, And um, do you program yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a background in computer science. Uh, I've been doing this for about 25 years and been with the Shopify platform since 2009. Uh, One of the things that originally attracted it to me was their uh, APIs and uh, just being a great platform for, you know, having enough latitude and room to be dangerous if you wanted to, but from a merchant perspective, uh, being able to just uh, do things on a click base and not having to really dive in and write a lot of code to get things done. Great, great. Yeah, and they certainly maintain that from the off uh, by the looks of it as well. And I think the platform is only getting better and better with each iteration. Um, which is great. And uh, what what's your preferred language to program in? So I have a long background and history in PHP. So that's what made sense to me at the time when I started uh, really building apps for Shopify in 2010. So I've iterated off of the top of that. But as um, you know, technologies and things have moved forward, a lot of the core of things is still in PHP, but we're leveraging a lot of uh, Node.js and Lambdas yeah. on AWS and a lot of these other things. So it's, it's you know, the stack is, is pretty interesting. You know, it's there's Redis involved and MySQL and Postgres and there's all of these different things playing together. But yeah. the, the core language that we're working with is still PHP at this point. Oh, at this wow, point. okay. That, that's yeah, with quite the, cool. With the CodeIgniter framework. So it's probably a, a rare stack that you'll find out in Shopify, but we're here doing it. Yeah, indeed. I, I build a lot of my apps as well on AWS um, platform. It's fantastic for us. Some of the services that they have there, like their queuing systems and Lambda especially is just fantastic. Um, yeah, we're mainly a Python, um, but it just goes to show a, a good, robust API that Shopify has it allows you to use whatever language you're proficient in. Um, cool. Okay. Um, so does PHP CodeIgniter have any good kind of libraries or uh, any methods available that allow you to interact with Shopify fairly easily or have you had to go along and write your own? To be honest, it's a, it's a lot of things that we've had to come up with on our own. There's a couple, uh, I forget the name of the library now, it's been so long uh, since I've looked at it, but uh, we've adapted it on our own. But you know, the most common PHP framework right now is Laravel and there's a lot of Laravel um, bits out there that you can pick up through Composer that uh, will will handle most of the things that you need to do. It's not anything that's officially supported by Shopify, but it's enough to get the job done. It's basic REST calls. That's it, yeah, at the core of it. Uh, what would you say to people who, when they're looking to get in to develop 
apps for Shopify and they're choosing Ruby on Rails because Shopify is built on Ruby on Rails. Do you think that's a good decision or what's your opinion? I I think that since Shopify is is such a robust platform and the community is so large that playing to your strengths is probably going to be the best way to discover and work with the platform. Uh, So like in my case, uh, you know, PHP, it might be an unpopular – you know, way to start these days, but it's what I was strong at at the time. So that's what I dove in and I was able to be successful. So I think being able to ship a product and support it is more important than picking the language that's popular at the time. Um, at the same time, that doesn't mean that there's benefits of working with something that's officially supported as opposed to uh, forcing your way through it yourself. Yeah. So if somebody, that, yeah. So if somebody's a Python developer, you know, start with Python. If somebody's a Node developer, start with Node. Uh, I wouldn't just say I have to work with Ruby because Shopify does. But understanding Ruby, uh, there is, I think, a lot of things that would probably go further if you decided to go down that route. That's true. And what I've found as well lately is that the architecture of the app is really important as well. It's not just, um, you know, a, a language choice. Like we mentioned there with AWS, the fact that you can have you know, you can use services like Lambda and Redis queuing services and stuff like that that are, you know, really help you out, especially if you're doing stuff with webhooks and you don't want to be on the main thread processing data and stuff like that. So I, I think the choice of hosting platform is also is also key. Uh, what made you guys choose AWS as opposed to Heroku or any other provider? Well, to be honest, we are running on top of Heroku. Uh, Heroku does run on top of AWS. Ah, I see. So, okay, yeah. So the reason that we went with uh, Heroku, we've we've recently moved over to it in the last year or so. I mean, we, we started very small on a shared host. I was running all of our applications for like $5 a month across all of these <laughs> things. And uh, I think that that's something to consider with Shopify also is the – is the pure volume of users that are mm. on the platform. They have, you know, 500,000, you know, 400,000, 500,000 users of the platform. And on average, they say that um, shops that are earning money have, you know, four or five apps installed. So figure you have a 1% market share. If you have a 1% market share, you still have thousands of users that are dependent on your app. So you have to be able to scale and uh, grow with that. So going on to a, a platform as a service uh, solution like Heroku has really helped us be able to scale up that demand when needed, right? Yeah. And then that's the same reason with the AWS. So using um, the web API gateways and lambdas to handle that influx of volume, uh, especially when busy times come in. So it's not necessarily uh, just the number of customers you have, but depending on your app, it may be the number of transactions that are happening. So if you're dealing with something like orders, like processing orders or shipments, if it's Black Friday or around the holiday times, you're going to see, you know, we see millions of transactions a month through our apps. And you have to be able to support those or else, you know, you're doing a disservice to the merchants. Yeah, and that's something that yeah, is a, that's an amazingly good point. You've got to make sure that your app scales with the Shopify platform especially in times of high volume like that, because you don't want to be the cause of someone's shop going down or being unresponsive because you've inserted a script that crashed. Um, oh, absolutely. And, and loss of sales, you know, that, yeah, that'd be terrible. <laughs> um, so tell us a bit about your apps and your and your company. Sure. Uh, so I guess 
to understand that, kind of go back to the, the origins of how I connected with Shopify, I read a book called The 4-Hour Workweek from a, a gentleman, uh, Tim Ferriss. A great book if uh, if anyone out there uh, hasn't read it, I highly suggest picking it up. I agree completely. And, uh, so, so through that, uh, I, I realized I had been building these iPhone apps and these other things. I wanted to build a physical product, something I'd never done before. So I ended up researching and developing a men's hair product, a Palmade. And I wanted to have the ability to sell it online but not get caught up with building the e-commerce system myself. So I ended up finding Shopify for the reasons I stated earlier. It was a great front end. I could work with it. But if I also wanted to get dangerous with it on the back end, I could build things. Yeah. So I started selling my product there. Um, I realized that selling physical goods really wasn't my strong, strong point. Building software was. Yeah. So I ended up selling the business. Um, but through that, I, I learned a lot about the Shopify platform. This was early on. This is 2009. Yeah. Um, and I got some other friends onto the Shopify platform because I enjoyed it so much. And then I started doing IT work for them. So I started working in themes and uh, I realized that there was some SEO offerings at the time that were really missing from the Shopify platform. Um, basically being able to control any meta information about your site was completely absent from the platform at the time. Mm -hmm. So I built a private app for my friend. Um, we put that out and he ended up doing really well and you know it really scaled his business. And then when the Shopify App Store came along, um, I opened up that app to the public. Uh, the app is still available. It's called SEO Manager. Um, and it's one of the top selling Shopify SEO apps. We've continued to grow and scale it and build a lot of different uh, offerings and tools into it. Uh, we actually have a, a new, a, a big release of it coming up for on, uh, on uh, Monday. So by the time this podcast is out, there'll be a new version for everyone to check out. Excellent. So. Yeah, I can so see here twelve hundred reviews. Fair play to you. Yeah, yeah, that's. We'll talk about that as yeah, well because cool. that's a big, that's a key component of the whole app experience. So yeah, that's what we did. We we built that and uh, really kind of scratching a, an itch that I saw that my friends were having with their uh, store. So build this app, SEO app, and then also uh, he was doing a high volume of T-shirt sales, and he had a lot of people that were calling and saying, "Hey, where's my order?" Um, has it shipped yet? Those types of questions. Mm -hmm. And it was really, a, you know, it was a high volume store with low margins. So being able to answer these calls was really time consuming for him. You know, he was selling hundreds of shirts a day and having to have a dedicated person to answer these repetitive questions. So we built an app called Order Lookup that um, brings an Amazon type experience that allows uh, customers to look up the status of their order, like has it shipped and where it is in the shipping queue. Yeah. And depending on the shipper, um, where it is in the world and what their estimated delivery date is. So we saw an 80% reduction in those tech support calls to um, that t-shirt business. And that's something that we've scaled out and we have a lot of plus merchants using this app also. So it's really designed for these high volume folks, but it's uh, reasonable for anyone to have because in this e-commerce world, everyone's used to Amazon and uh, you know, that's that's something that people want to know. When is my package getting here and where is it at? Yeah, and that, that's an example of an app that provides, you know, true value to a merchant because they can see the reduction in cost of running their store uh, after installing it. Um, so it's a real kind of visceral uh, value add to the store. So great stuff. Yeah, that's one of those things that really needs to, to scale also. So coming back to that last one, we see... Uh, several million uh, transactions come through that uh, every month. 
uh, you know, to the order, depending on the month, you know, might be 10, 12 million orders coming through it. So we have to be able to, that's 10, 12 million webhook calls that we have to respond to. Yeah. So having the ability to scale to that is really important. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you have SEO Scan Pro. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah. So SEO, SEO Scan Pro is another app. It's uh, probably, it is the least popular of our apps. It's it's a pro tool that really gives you deep insights into um, the SEO challenges that you may be facing and allows you to analyze yourself compared to some competitors. So with that, you can plug in other other folks that you believe are uh, competing with you and be able to see kind of what they're doing um, and Fantastic. build a battle plan to, to kind of go back around and uh, shore yourself up. So SEO Manager is a way for you to take actions on your website. SEO Scan Pro is a deep reporting tool. So it doesn't, uh, doesn't manipulate anything on your site. It just does deeper analysis. I see, cool. Okay, and which which one of the apps is your favorite? Which was the most fun to work on? Oh gosh, um, it, it goes back and forth, right? It depends on which features and services I'm building at the time. Uh, definitely SEO Manager and uh, Order Lookup. They they both serve completely different purposes. Um, you know, one is trying to attract customers, and the other one is trying to manage the customers. So it, it kind of depends on the uh, the season. Yeah, I, I understand. And so I've been really. I've been really focused on this new release of SEO Manager, putting a lot of effort into some of the new offerings that we have. So that's where my mindset's been. So that's kind of the baby at the time. It's the baby at the minute, yeah, cool. And is there any particular highlighted feature in the new release of SEO Manager that you want to talk about? Yeah, so one of the things that we've done is we've, uh, it's really important to work with Google Right, so they're the leading search engine, and being able to get information that Google has about your store and present that to merchants in a way that uh, isn't deeply technical, I think is really important. So that's what we've done in this new release. With a few clicks, you can connect your store directly to Google and get insights back on what Google is seeing about your store, and we do some analysis and help adjust things uh, in between. So. That information is available if you dove into Google and did some deeper things, but we're surfacing it for customers in the same way that Shopify is delivering reports on your sales. We're delivering something on similar on the way that you're ranking. I see. And I personally find Google Analytics to be very daunting. Every time I log into the console, I'm not sure what I'm looking at. And I've always kind of wondered, is there is there a core piece of information that I could leverage that brings value? So anything that can kind of simplify that reporting mechanism from Google into kind of key things, I think is a great added value because the chances are that merchants aren't SEO managers or they don't have the time to go in and school themselves on Google Analytics. So that sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things may be that you're, uh, that we're going to try, that we're going to be surfacing with this is what people are searching to actually find your site. So there may be some keywords and phrases that customers are using in your industry to find your products that you might not be aware of. So those could be things that you turn around and market towards to reinforce that and shore those numbers up. I see, I see. And vent off the company then, do you, besides having the, the recurring revenue stream of your apps and stuff like that, do you do any consultancy? Do you build private apps for other merchants or partners or what's your other source of income? <laughs> sure. So. So 
you know, 99% of our income comes from the reoccurring app uh, revenue. This is what we're focused on. But we do do some consulting work uh, primarily around plus partners um, when uh, the need arises or when somebody wants some uh, some deeper insights. But from a scalability perspective and uh, just where our core competencies lie, it's the app side of things is where we're focused. Cool. And how many developers do you have working for you? We have one, me. You? Oh, wow. So one stop shop. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so so we're, we're a very small shop and we, we take pride in that. There's three of us. So uh, myself, um, my COO, uh, Reem Boitler, and uh, we have a support person. And, you know, we like to be nimble, agile, and uh, responsive. So we just, we found that we want to give up human capital as slow as possible, right? I don't yeah. want to be in a position where I'm having to lay folks off and things. And we've been able to scale really well to this point. I mean, there's, there's definitely growth in our future, but, uh, you know, it's one of these things I don't need, we don't need 10 developers to, to yeah. accomplish some of these tasks, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That, that's great. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's a testament to your programming then. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Um, so, I, we can understand the motivation behind why you built the apps um, and we understand what problems you're solving. Uh, tell us a bit about your pricing strategies uh, for your apps. Oh yeah, so we've, we've, we've tried a lot of different uh, pricing strategies over the time, when it, especially when it came to SEO Manager. Um, we originally were selling it for a $3 a month subscription and that, you know, there was only two features in the app is very slim very slim those are things that are now core with shopify we mm -hmm. moved it up to five dollars and ten dollars then we moved it to a static price of fifty dollars uh one time uh price of fifty dollars and eventually uh circled back and came down to a twenty dollar a month uh subscription fee and through all the different pricing experiments we found um our there was a, a correlation with our uh, support debt that came along with it. Mm -hmm. So the lower the price of the app, the more support we had, but it didn't necessarily correlate to the number of users that were retaining uh, the app. So what, what I mean by that is there's a lot of merchants on Shopify who don't have a good business model in place mm -hmm. and their store is only going to exist for a month or two. And that's something that uh, other apps and uh, experts and things, you know, can help solve. But a lot of these folks just aren't in it for the long, long game. Yeah. Um, so focusing on customers with a, a bit of a higher price, $20 a month, um, has really helped narrow the field of merchants that we work with to folks that are really interested in the success of their company and don't see us as a cost, but as an investment. I see. So, yeah. so in the case of order lookup, if I can reduce the number of calls by up to 80% of people saying, hey, where's my order at? Uh, you know, and that scales, that's a couple hundred a month potentially. If you can't see the value that $10 a month for that app brings, I'm going to have a really hard time convincing you to invest in your own business. I see. Yeah. Um, and because it, it, it should pay for itself within a week of having it installed or, you know, the free trial period is finished and you're, it, it should have sold itself by that. And it's true. The people who are serious won't complain about that small little investment every month. Um, they'll, sure. they'll see the value in it. Yeah. And I suppose yeah. setting the price appropriately 
let's say, weeds out the people who are not serious. Right. And, and, you know, we're available to service folks of every plan on Shopify that have every intention on Shopify. But just from a a management perspective and being able to get useful feedback and also um, our reviews, because reviews really drive the app store, Um, being able to work with folks that are, you know, willing to see the benefit in what we do and in turn, you know, help leave us a review. So the pricing really plays into that. I see. And do you have any strategies for getting reviews on your apps? I I know this is a thing that uh, some app developers struggle with because you can't solicit reviews. That's against the partner um, agreement that you sign up to when you get onto the Shopify platform. So is there any other kind of strategies that might bring you up to that line, but you don't cross it? Or is it a case of if you do a really good job, your support is excellent, that the reviews will come? Yeah, support is is key. It's critical. Uh, That's why of our three-person team, we have a dedicated support person that is just in our chat constantly uh, working on our email queue and taking the time to work with uh, these folks that are using our apps to really understand the value that we're adding. Um, That's what people expect. Shopify has a really great support system with their gurus and things, and folks see us as an extension of Shopify which I think as app developers, we should, uh, we should be, right? So having that a high level of support and confidence in the, what we're doing and just being friendly and helping folks because everyone that reaches out to us that's using our products is trying to run their own business. So their time is valuable like ours. So yeah. just being able to, to work with them in that, uh, that's where we find um, – you know where we get our reviews so if you look at the reviews especially on seo manager you'll see that most of our reviews are about the support that we provide and education we provide along with the product itself working uh, very well but support is something that i think is it's that personal touch point for users um and developing relationships with folks i think is key absolutely um, and it, it, just on the App Store, do you find then as the number of reviews increase that your ranking, um, be it kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, implied, you, you do seem to rise as uh, as the more reviews you get and the more positive reviews? Yeah, that's really interesting, especially coming from, a, a you know, the, the search engine perspective of yeah. things, right? Like how are, how are we found in Google is what we focus on all day. How are we found in the Shopify app store is another question for us. So um, the app store has gone through a lot of changes and they're uh, continuing to go through some changes from what I understand from folks inside of Shopify on how they rank uh, and move things around. So they're really trying to be dynamic and understand the needs of the merchant uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looking at what other apps are installed. This is just what I understand what they're doing behind the scenes. Uh, I have no proof sure. of it yet. But looking at, you know, these three apps are typically installed for a women's fashion type business in this region, right? So uh, if you're in Australia and you do have this type of product, then these are kind of the apps that go along with it. Um, but yes, the, the reviews do influence the ranks and it also influences trust with the users. So... I believe that there's so many apps in the app store that, yeah, people browsing yeah. is definitely a thing, but I think that a lot of people will search for solutions that they want. Yeah. Um, but I will say being featured in the app store is hands down one of the best things you can do uh, if you're able to uh, with your, one of your apps. I suppose it, it, it applies the same 
e-commerce paradigm you know people trust reviews they, they trust uh, featured products and in, in effect your app is a product for merchants so thinking of it from that perspective it kind of might lead to a few insights as well for people starting off yeah absolutely cool. okay any interesting technical challenges that you've encountered when you've been building your apps with this you know head scratching stuff that you know you were delighted that you got true when you did oh gosh that's a that's an interesting question uh yeah, I think probably some of the more interesting bits are, are what we're able to do with the liquid, um, the liquid code for for themes and, and templates, and being able to leverage some of the things that Shopify has built um, in that, and at the same time being able to leverage those. So what I mean by that is there's certain things where we could make API calls, and I'd have to make maybe a uh, 50 API calls to get back some specific information or I can write a liquid file that acts as a search that will return that same information to me for no API call hits, just a simple rest call to that, to that URL and then be able to parse the information there. So being able to look at the entire platform and figure out the best way to get information out of it, right? So do I make all these API calls or do I go about it at a different angle? Yeah, and normally when I'm developing stuff, if, if it feels overly complex, chances are it is and there is a more elegant solution to it. So it's what I call a, a smell, a code smell. If you're, yeah. you know, there has to be a more efficient way of doing something. And that, that I think that's a testament to Shopify, the fact that you, you have all these different angles of approaching a problem. Um, and, and it's just about deep diving into the, uh, be it the liquid documentation or the API documentation, you know, then we're even going a, a private app to solve something. It's to give sure. you loads and loads of options to solve uh, problems that merchants might have. So, yeah, I think that that's definitely something to um, consider. Also, a lot of the things that Shopify does are open source, right? Mm -hmm. So liquid itself, you can go into the GitHub repository and uh, dig through that. So it kind of gives you some ideas, maybe of things that are coming up that aren't released yet, but you can see the features being developed and you see so you can start working towards that a little bit. Um, I see. That's a good tip. Yeah. You can also dig in and find some undocumented things, but I, I don't recommend using undocumented uh, features, but there's the, we found some things in there before that's kind of interesting. All right. Uh, care to share any examples? Uh, yeah, I believe that the white space removal was, was uh, released uh, a bit before it was released, announced to the public. Uh, right? I see. So, yeah. Uh, little things like that right they're features yeah. that are coming but it may be something that you can start thinking about in a different angle when you're developing i see i see uh, i use um, a templating engine called jinja 2 with python okay. and like that they, they have these custom filters or the ability to be able to in, add your own custom filter and um, i always like to compare the two uh, templating languages to see uh, where um Shopify's liquid is at, you know, and it's certainly yeah. getting there. There's a few features that I, I think they could add in, um, but that, that's probably <laughs> something for a deeper dive on another day. Um, just getting back to the kind of marketing of your apps, how did you get the word out about your apps? Oh, gosh. Um, well, we definitely do Facebook ads. I think Facebook ads are great. You can really target a lot of folks uh, in that way. And then also building relationships with other app developers has been really key. So doing things like, you know, 
being a guest on your podcast, working inside of Facebook groups, and just being in places where the merchants are mm -hmm. and being genuine about helping solve problems. So it's not so much about – because at the end of the day, the merchants are only going to use your app if you're helping provide value to them, right? Yeah. It's not a – the apps aren't really a fashion statement. It's not like, oh, I'm wearing this brand of T-shirt because I want to be cool. I'm not using this type of app because I want to be cool. Yeah. It is it providing value for me. So that kind of gets back to that support angle and also word of mouth. Um, we've done multiple things with uh, different apps. So at the time, uh, Kit, which is now part of the Shopify platform, the the virtual assistant that Shopify offers, it was a it was an app in the App Store. We did uh, an integration with them. And a cross promotion with them before they became uh, acquired by Shopify. So that relationship itself was really good for us. But once Kit was acquired, that did great things for us because now if you look, Shopify pushes Kit because it's their product, and we're the number one integration with Kit. So these types of things have really helped us with our marketing, uh, and it's just, just developing relationships with other uh, app partners. I see. Yeah, because you never know what'll happen in the future. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Kurt from uh, from EtherCycle, um, I was on his podcast, and he, he said something that was pretty profound to me that sticks out, uh, is that a rising tide lifts all ships. So the Shopify app, uh, app platform is growing so much that we're not really competing with each other. There's, there's more food on the table than any of us can consume. So it doesn't make sense to really look at other app developers as competitors just other uh, variants basically and being able to work with them. So we've done things with uh, Recharge, which is a subscription uh, company. We've, we've worked with um, you know, a number of other yeah. another app companies and we're all helping each other with it. It's a, that's a big thing is the app community is such a great place to work with. Yeah, it, it is a real ecosystem, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And do you think that there's any particular categories within the app store that are underserviced at the minute? And I don't mean by volume of apps because you could have a huge volume of apps in a category, but the, they still don't quite get, um, you know, they, they don't offer what could be there, you know? Um, I, I'm thinking that, you know, sales, uh, there might be one or two. There's a few apps there, but do they service the, the category uh, to the level I think that's needed? So what's your opinion on that? I think the, the point of sale uh, apps, um, there's, I think there's a lot of room and growth in that. Um, we're not there yet, but it's something that we're considering uh, building into because there's so few apps in that segment and it's something that Shopify is growing with the release of their card readers mm -hmm. and um, it's an area that's not going away for Shopify. Yeah. So, you know, what, what can we do to help those merchants, uh, these brick and mortar type merchants as well? Exactly, because there's no reason why bricks and mortar can't sell online. In fact, here in Ireland, there's uh, been a, a drive by government even to, you know, they give these digital um, grants to get people who have uh, bricks and mortar stores to, you know, engage with agencies to get them online so they can sell and they can grow the economy here. So I, I absolutely think that Shopify are doing the right thing and position themselves for that. And I'd agree completely the the pause app store. Uh, is underserviced at the minute. It's a great opportunity. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Cool. Um, and so what, in your opinion, makes a successful app? So we've touched on uh, scalability and customer service. Is there any other ingredients there that you need to have a successful app? 
Sure. I, I've looked at the way that merchants uh, try to solve problems, right? Because at the end of the day, apps are solving problems for merchants. And uh, I broke it down into either a merchant is trying to uh, gain sales, a merchant is trying to manage their store, or a merchant is trying to um, basically automate things. So if your app can hit on one or two of those categories, uh, you know, one is good. If you can hit two of those categories, you're doing great. So if there's an, a way to, you know, automate uh, the back-end processing for the user, uh, you know, that's what uh, AliExpress, I mean, um, that's what Oberlo is doing, yeah. and that's, you know, great. Or, you know, is there a way you can automate uh, bringing in customers, so marketing-type apps? These are the problems that I think that a lot of merchants are looking to solve, how to make their lives easier by working with Shopify. So that's what I would suggest is looking at uh, a problem. And if you're an app developer, but you don't have your own store, um, I would highly recommend that you uh, get a Shopify store, build it and just sell a product. I mean, you, it's very easy. You install Oberlo and start drop shipping one or two products. Even if you don't sell them, it will give you a better understanding of what merchants are going through as they set up their store, as they try to sell products and as they try to ship them. Um, and where can you? Where are the pain points that you're seeing, or things that are confusing to you, that you can then plug in? Um, I think that's a much better approach than saying, "Oh, I'm going to build this app uh, and hope people buy it." If you understand what the problem is, you're better off. Uh, you, you have a better stance of developing something that's going to solve that, and then also marketing it. That's great advice. Yeah, you're walking the merchant's uh, trail really to see their problems and experience it. Yeah. Um, and it, before you build a new app, would you recommend going and doing a bit of research, talking to some merchants, going to meetups, finding out what the, the key problems are that they're having and seeing if you can come up with an idea? Um, because I know there's you, all you have to do is go onto Reddit and I think every week in the the subreddit, the Shopify subreddit, you'll see people asking that question, developers asking that question. I might have asked it myself once in the past about yeah. <laughs> what are the problems that I can solve or is this a good app idea um, and, and go build it, you know. Do you reckon that yeah. that's a, a, a good thing to do? Yeah, definitely. So, so any chance that you can get some insight into what the merchant is thinking uh, and what they're experiencing is a definite uh, place of opportunity. So the Shopify forums themselves are really great to go through and, uh, again, try to provide value, uh, work with customers, and then you know build some relationships in that and maybe even reach out to folks on Reddit or in uh, you know, a Shopify Facebook group and those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, and put a call out, say, "Hey, I'd really like to, you know, spend 20 minutes with you, 15 minutes, and understand what challenges you're facing. Uh, you know, I'm trying to find some solutions to it. What would you like to to see different?" And then also a, another recommendation is, just because there's an existing app in the Shopify App Store, doesn't mean that you can't build something similar that has a different twist to it or does it better than what the existing app does. Great. And would you recommend um, when it comes to writing the app listing, having other people look at it, install the app and make sure that the descriptions of your app match? Because I, I, I think I really do think that the app store listing is key. Um, you've built the app, you've put all this time into it and then have crickets. No one installing it. I, I, I think probably a lot of work needs to be 
going into the app store listing so would you recommend uh, engaging with an seo expert maybe um like yourselves uh, or you know reaching out to other people that have that key expertise to help you out sure and that's that's one of the key uh you know, members of our team. You know, like I said, we're we're three. So myself acting as developer, we have a support person, and then our uh, the COO. Uh, her name's Rian. Uh, originally started working with her uh, because I realized as I was building these apps, I was not great at the 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 written English language is not my strong point. I can write I can write things that machines understand much better than people. So <laughs> so having her uh, go through and uh, translate basically the, the ideas that I'm trying to get on paper into things that are digestible for non-techie folks yeah. has been really helpful. So I would recommend highly working with someone uh, that has a background in literature or writing. Um, and you can find these, these folks online. It's, it's not terribly expensive. Yeah. Uh, but building that into your process of the emails that you write, the documentation that you put out, your listings, um, and even some of maybe the canned emails you use for support and things, having somebody go through and really understand what you're trying to say and translate that, uh, you know, there's some developers that can do a great job of it. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, you mentioned Gavin earlier. I think he does a great job of that. Uh, but there's other folks that just don't. So if that's not your strong point, outsource it to someone else but don't uh but keep your core competencies right yeah. focus on what you're strong at great great uh, i have i had a question which was uh, a single piece of advice for new app developers but I, there's loads of advice that you're after giving here so <laughs> i won't go down with that one unless you want to offer a key piece go for it if not no problem <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm trying yeah. to think if there's something else that's super key um i, I you know, there's not really a right formula to building an app. Solve a problem, um, be passionate about it, and, and just help people. It's That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I'd agree there completely. Okay, we're just about coming up to our time here. Um, could you tell us where we can find you online and reach out and chat to you and ask your advice? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me personally anywhere online at Josh Highland. Um, and the company, again, is Ventov. It's V-E-N-N-T-O-V. And our flagship apps or seo manager and order lookup go great go check them out okay and um, well thanks very much josh for coming on to the podcast it's been very very insightful and um, you certainly inspired me as well so i'll be re-listening to this and taking a few of your ideas and putting them into my own apps and bringing that value to the people that i've partnered with so i'd like to thank you very much for that yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, anyone out, else out there that wants some more, uh, you know, insights or, or just wants to say hello, or maybe you can trade some app secrets ourselves or, you know, cross market, please yeah. hit me up. Great. Okay. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Developer Podcast. For more developer stories and insights, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Get your podcasts.